0: Well, I have um, loved our theme this year, and around the building, a courage culture, which is also kingdom culture. And one way we do this, uh, courage culture, is to live a life that is fearless. It takes courage. Everyone look behind you. Mm. It, It takes courage. To be fearless. And yes, there's fear all around us, but we don't have to live in that fear. We press on, we move on, we break through, we stand up, we climb over, we keep going because God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and love and of a sound mind. 2 Timothy 1 7. Look at your neighbor and say, Neighbor, come on, you're all going quiet. Look at your neighbor and say, Neighbor. Have no fear, God is near. Have no fear, God is near. Um, some, well, a while back, years ago, uh, when I was six, around seven, my dad would take us to a um, park. And it was a big open park, kind of like Nuraginji Reserve, if you've been there. But it was a big open park and lots of trees to climb on, ducks everywhere, the paths um, were wide, and my father would take me and my siblings there, and this particular day, I just got confident with riding a bike, especially ones that were too big for me. And we get there, I'm confident, and I ride on ahead um, before my family, and we get there, and I'm riding, and the grass is green, the sky is blue, the birds are chirping, the bees are buzzing. I've got a smile on my face, the ducks want to race, lots of space. It was one of those days. And I'm riding along, and all of a sudden, something changes. And this pathway that I was riding on that was so wide and open that I could, you know, practice and learn and be confident on all of a sudden became narrow. And it was narrow that if someone was coming the other way, someone had to give way. Now, you remember the bike that I'm riding, I wasn't sitting on the chair. I was sitting on the bar that goes in between, and my toes were just touching the pedals. How I got on the bike was from a park bench, and there was no park bench in sight. So on one side of me, there was water, and on the other side of me was like rocks and Sharp stuff, scary stuff. And I look ahead of me and I see something that absolutely terrifies me. me. I look up and I see people. What made it terrifying was that they were coming in this direction. And there's no park bench. All I could see was I'm going into the water. Didn't know how to swim. And I wasn't confident that ducks were going to come to my rescue. And so as I'm, sli- as I'm slowing down to make my, my entry into the water, something happened. You know, when you watch something and, you know, something's supposed to happen, but it doesn't happen? Well, that happened. And I'm riding along. The bike's supposed to go into the water, but it doesn't. It stays upright. It stays on the pathway. And I'm trying to w- look around why that didn't happen. And I turn around. And my dad's behind me and he's got one hand out and he's holding me as though he he was there the the whole time. You see, in life we could be going along and everything is amazing and feels amazing, but then suddenly things change because life has seasons and that wide open path that we are so confident and so comfortable on becomes narrow and all of a sudden the only option is to fall and fail. I had already made up my mind in my state of fear where I was going, thinking that help was too far away. And the world around us would rather you believe that God doesn't exist or that he's too far away, that he's too busy, that he doesn't care, he doesn't hear. And yes, there are times, and it does feel like that, there is no hope, that there is no way out. You feel abandoned. God's forgotten about you. But let me remind you that God didn't create you to abandon you. You are not forgotten. There is always hope. And there is not just a way, but the only way. And His name is Yahweh. In the book of Psalms, David expresses a time where he felt abandoned by God. And you would think that David, being a warrior, being a king, a man after God's own heart, that he would feel secure in his position. But how many know that even self-security in a position is false security if it's not security in God? And David finds himself feeling abandoned and forgotten by God as he cries out in Psalms 22, My God! My God! Why have you forsaken me? What I love about this verse is that even though David feels forsaken, forgotten, abandoned, and deserted in the time of his greatest need, David makes it clear what kind of relationship he has. Because David doesn't cry out, God, why have you? He cries out, my God, why have you? There's a personal connection. In the book of Daniel, there's a story about three brothers, Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, who have a my God moment. When everyone bowed down to a false god, the brothers stood up because they knew the true living God. And you can read the story in the book of Daniel in chapter 3, 17. They say, if we are thrown into the blazing furnace, the God we serve is able to deliver us from it, and he will deliver us from your majesty's hand. Listen to this, verse 18. But even if he does not, that's fearless. We want you to know, your majesty, that we will not serve your gods or worship the image of gold you have set up. That's courage. Job, a man that had everything and then lost everything and everyone he cared about, finds himself covered in boils, ridiculed by his friends, advised by his wife basically just to give up. Why don't you just curse God and die? But that don't stop Job from having a my God moment. As he cries out in anger, in frustration, in pain, Job 21, and he said, Naked I came from my mother's womb, and naked shall I return. The Lord gave, and the Lord has taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. He's still my God. Just going to share very two quick things, very basic things. You already know what they are. But they're two things that help me live fearlessly, staying connected with God. Very simple. You might have two million things. But these two things are my favorite things and I call it P and P. More powerful than TNT and it's freely available to you and me. The first P is prayer. Everyone say prayer. Prayer. There it is. Prayer is your connection line with God. What I love about prayer is that you can come with no credit, no Wi-Fi and still have a perfect connection. You don't even need a phone or have to uh, memorize numbers. You can be anywhere at any time out of coverage and still be covered. What I love about prayer is that Jesus is the translator. You just cry out unedited, rough and tough, buried, bruised, and broken, just like David did and just like Job did. Whatever it is you need from heaven, God's line is 24-7. Psalms 5 verse 3 says, In the morning, Lord, you hear my voice. In the morning, I lay my requests before you and wait expectantly. Prayer lays out your situation before God, getting away from self-focus, self-security, and puts your confidence and security in God. Prayer is the beginning of moving through your fear, even if at times you don't feel God is near. God didn't, God, I don't feel you near. I don't see you near, but you're still my God. The second P to P and P is praise. Prayer and praise make happy days. Praise realigns our path to our destination because praise magnifies God above the situation. Let me say that again. Praise. Realigns our path to our destination because praise magnifies God above the situation. Hebrews 13, 15, and 16 says, Through Jesus, therefore, let us continually offer to God a sacrifice of praise, the fruit of lips that openly profess His name. Psalm 13, 11, and 12, You turn my wailing into dancing. You remove my sackcloth and clothed me with joy that my heart may sing your praises and not be silent. Lord, my God, I will praise you forever. Prayer and praise make happy days. Um, some years ago, um, Michelle and I were uh, going through uh, life together, doing well. Everything looked really good, and uh, we were just, I think we were just saved and living a uh, life on the happy path and a team, yeah. Didn't sit down for long. You guys can come up. <laughs> but we were on the happy path, and um, all of a sudden, life took a narrow turn. And I was at the hospital. Michelle had just come back from a uh, procedure that was done. And It was like I was watching a movie. Because shortly after Michelle got back to the ward, the doctors and the nurses rushed in, and the curtains closed around us, and the specialist sat down by the bed and said that the mistake they had made was 100%. 100%? Mortality. He also advised that um, they were going to try and save a life, but needed to operate immediately. And so Michelle was rushed off to what would be a 12-hour operation. Pastor Rob was there with me, and he took me back to his house. And I remember walking through that front door down the hallway into the kitchen where Pastor Sonia was, and I just let go. I didn't even know if I was going to see my best friend again, alive. But you know what? In that moment, my soul cried out a prayer with anger and confusion. Three words. My God. Why? Why? shall bear the scars of that beautiful testimony Oh glory to God we found our praise but you know what in my my God moments just like David just like Job and just like so many others my my God moments I found peace that surpasses all understanding why because I knew That God was able. But even if He did not, He's still my God. Who is God to you? Is He God up there? Is He God somewhere? Or is He God right here? Just like many others, pray, cry out, and you will surely find your praise when God is not just God. My God, in Jesus' name. Let me pray. Heavenly Father, we we can't comprehend your awesomeness, yet you make yourself available to be personal and close with us. Thank you for being our God. In Jesus' name. Amen.